All right, welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyweight Connections. Like always, I'm here with my buddy, Joe. Joe? Hey, how's it going, ladies and gentlemen? So today we have on the episode is, once again, no stranger to the episode, Stump from RM Calls. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, guys. How y'all doing? doing Not good. too doing? bad. Um, so how, how's it been since the last time we talked, uh, Stump, as far as your... Busy? Yeah. <laughs> busy, 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 and then another little bit of busy. Yeah, you getting any sleep? Uh, earlier today I did, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that punchline. Uh, I love that you did that. Yeah, so just so everybody knows, I'm really late to call it in on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, no, the you're... old man fell asleep <laughs> on his couch. Yeah, we weren't we weren't we weren't to say nothing. Yeah, um, I gotta have my I gotta have my Geritol, boys. Yeah. Hey, it happens. It happens. <laughs> and I had to go change my Depends before I called you. I, uh, hey, <laughs> good thing uh, is like <laughs> if you keep doing this, I have nothing to joke about, man. <laughs> hey, hey, life is what it is. Trying to trying to uh, avoid it and uh, you know pretend that it doesn't exist or it doesn't happen. Yeah, that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. So, yeah. go ahead, Joe. Oh, so this upcoming duck season, all right. I I know where you hunt in North Carolina before we start the show, and I, I usually like to start it last year was a hey, how's everyone ducks how's everyone's duck season going? Where are you going to start this year's duck season at? So there's been a couple of changes to the to the North Carolina regulations. We still have our sixty days like everybody else, but they've they pulled the October split, which I'm very happy about, and they moved it on down the road. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people like to shoot wood ducks, but uh, you know, I'm after big ducks. Uh, but after that, so really the first place that I will be hunting will be, I will be guiding uh, some Valor and Honor soldiers uh, at Mr. Charles Petty's place out in Arkansas. I'll spend three days out there. Uh, probably with four veterans. As I leave to head to Stuttgart, uh, we have Brad Pitcher that will be coming in, and he will be taking over the hunt and moving over to Specklebelly with Third Coast Outfitters, who has graciously once again donated two days of Specklebelly hunt. Nice, nice, nice. So, now, yep, and the, yeah, you hurt my heart. I I loved. That's the one thing I miss the most about North Carolina is that that early. November season or October season. Oh, wood ducks. I, I love shooting those wood ducks. Yeah, but the, but the wood ducks are here in November and December too. So for people to go, hey, I don't like that you took my wood duck days. It's like, here's the thing. Yeah, they took your wood duck days because there's no other ducks around at that time. They moved them on down so people can still shoot wood ducks, but they can add a variety of other ducks possibly. Yeah. No. And duck season should not take place when it's 90 degrees and there are skeeters. Yes. Unless you live in Florida. Or Louisiana. <laughs> well, or Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. That teal yep. season this year was right. It was hot. Teal season this year. Oh, yeah, because uh, sometimes I go down there uh, January. And, you know, I mean, the temperature is still in the 60 degrees. Uh, and everyone yeah. out there for us to be hunting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That day we went out, man, I, I almost jumped out of my waders just to be in the water. It was crazy. It was, yeah, it was hot. Yeah, it can get hot down there, that's for sure. Yeah. So, so it, um, go, go, go ahead, ahead, Chris. 
So there is there is one thing. Um, I think we we should start a little bit early. This way we can kind of because I know uh, Stump, we can go on with two shows on this. Um, there's one thing that I wanted to get into uh, because I know mm-hmm. and we we talked about this earlier. Uh, even veteran waterfowlers are bad about this as far as call maintenance. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into detail when the before, after, during, or uh, how okay. often we'll get into that. So when we do when we're doing call maintenance, and I and I know we, you kind of talked uh, talked about it before we started the show. What is the one thing that you see most common from waterfowlers on not on their call maintenance? The main thing is just not changing cork. That would be the number one thing. Is just change uh-huh. your cork, and how Especially often right do you before do that? So, so really, it, it really all depends. Um, it's no different than any other thing. The, the more you use it, the more often that you should do it. I mean, when I, when I, you know, contest calling, practicing for those things, I change my cork out a lot. As far as the season, you know, if I'm hunting in uh, Arkansas for the week, I mean, I don't change my cork out the entire week. However, before I go on my next excursion, maybe out to uh, Kansas or something like that, I'll definitely freshen up and put a new piece of cork in and everything. But, you know, if you're, if you're hunting 60 days every day, mm-hmm. normally for me, I'll put a new piece of cork in every week. I get calls sent back here to be retuned that are four, five, six years old. Still got the same cork in them. Really? How's that mylar hold? Yeah, oh, yeah. So very rarely do you need to ever change uh, a reed. Uh, <clears throat> you know, even if it gets a blister on it, if if the reeds, if if your call still sounds right with that reed, there's no need to change it. Um, I mean, deuce callers will tell you, "There's boy, I got a little blister. I hope it. I hope it lasts through the same that routine." Duck callers, you really never ever hear about that. Uh, Main Street guys, they'll get more blisters than anybody. But I know some guys that they'll get some uh, blisters out on the very edges toward the dog ears. Uh, and, you know, you'll hear stories of, oh, yeah, I've been like that for three years. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of even people getting, like, blisters on their, their goose calls, and they just flip them around and still use the, the good side. Uh, couldn't tell you, but I would I would think that that would be, be an obvious fix, just flip it around 180 degrees. That yeah. way you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's a quick fix. Yeah, quick fix. Yeah. And then, what, but definitely, ahead, definitely changing of the cork. Now, you know, this is probably leading to some of the other deeper waters and deeper conversations we're going to have. Um, I mean, you've had these conversations offline a lot. So when it comes to cork, right? There's all these call yeah. companies with all these tune kits and everything. Yeah. So. When you go start changing your cork out, does different corks from different companies matter? Yes. And if so, so why? why? Uh, so 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 the the corks that you're using these days are mostly a blend of natural cork and synthetic. So the question comes down to is in that cork, uh, what type of synthetic? How much is cork? How much is synthetic? And then lastly, how much of what kind of gluing agent do they use to bond all that together? Uh, 
I'm, I'm sure both of y'all have seen, you know, you take different types of epoxies and things of that nature. Some things when they glue up, they're super, super hard. They're super brittle. And sometimes when you use a certain glue, they're malleable. They'll move a little bit and they'll have some give to them. So the glue, the what they call the binding agent, really does matter. And everybody has their own their own supplier. Uh, a lot of people, they buy from duck call part suppliers. I tend to have went away from that many years ago, and I have found my own specific cork. Uh, you know, and I cut my own cork here and everything. So <clears throat> I use what I believe is the best cork that I could possibly find. It gives you the best qual- uh, sound quality, but the longest life as well. Mm. And, and nobody else is going to use my cork. For the simple fact of, well, a normal sheet of cork could cost you, let's say it's a it's a two by three or a three by four. You're looking at twenty five dollars maximum for a sheet. Uh, mm-hmm. Mine's one hundred and twenty five dollars, so you're paying oh, wow. an extra hundred dollar bill for the exact mm. for the same size of cork. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, you, yeah, you, you go online now, that, you that, that's why, that's why I, exactly but that's why i sell i sell cork and i try to sell it to you relatively inexpensively uh you know three dollars and fifty cents of the price that you see that isn't just straight up shipping uh i can't yeah. get past that yeah. you know so starts at 350 and then the corks you get five corks five reeds either our regular style or our uh 410 style, or you can get all 10 corks, whichever you prefer, but we try to do it re- relatively inexpensively. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean yeah. yes, our cork works in everybody. Cork is cork. Yeah. They're the, so, they're the same thickness. Uh-huh. So, so I would so say they, if Stump looked at his, his cork vinyl, I'm pretty sure you'll see Joe's name there quite a bit. <laughs> cork. I, dude, I got some guys that hunt a lot. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and these guys will, they'll order three or four cork kits. You know, they don't, they don't ever change the read, but they just order a whole bunch of cork. Mm-hmm. I carry a bunch of cork around with me because, you know, the first thing that people always ask me is like, you know, what, what about my, and it doesn't matter to me what kind of call you're blowing. I, yeah. I don't care if I can throw a piece of cork in it and show you how to do it and make your call sound better for you. So you have a better hunt. You know, I do whatever I can do to try to help people out. Yeah. So does yeah. that vary with, um, I guess, the style of uh, how the call is made or the material? So whether it be uh, like wood call or uh, acrylic, or does that vary as far as like maintenance? Are you, is, are you still nope. uh, moisture nope, in the as wood? Far as when, 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 it's, when we're talking about cork, it doesn't matter. Now, if you're talking about call material and maintenance, there's a huge difference in there and everything. Yes. Now, from a wood call, because, you know, I like cocoa bowl. It's probably one of my favorite looking woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, you know, I'll say it from acrylic, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're dealing with those two, you I mean, there's, you know, I've heard of all sorts of things, you know, at the end of every hunt, take your call complete part of you have a wood call. Oh, yeah, there's a, there, there's, there's a lot of witch doctors out there. There's a lot yeah. of myth busters out there and everything. So it's, it's, pre- it's pretty simple. I don't see why people, there's a lot of uneducated people on the, on the subject as well that yeah. uh, heard something from somebody and they've re- they just go about and repeat it. As repeat fact. it. Yeah. Uh, so 
stumps. He gets on yeah. the call. I mean, a hunt. And he's, you know, you're running one of your nice African blackwoods or your Honduras rosewood. What do you? How do you do that call? What do you do to that call after you know you're in the rice field or the marsh to get it ready for the next uh, hunt? It, it, I mean, if the call if the call sounding fine, I mean, you know, you haven't gotten rice down in it or any of this stuff. So let's just say that you haven't spit anything into it for an object or anything like that. It's real simple. Take your lanyard inside with you and hang your lanyard up somewhere, but not over a heating vent. Don't, don't, don't put it over the vent where the heat's going to come on or by a fireplace or a propane heater or anything like that, just so that it's in the room with ambient temperature, 70-ish degrees. The reason you want to hang it up it is because now it's suspended in the air, and this will allow oxygen to flow through the call, the, in, the exhaust, uh, and, and the barrel, and the outside of the call, so that it will dry out as fast as possible. I will tell you, once you pull, if you're hunting five days with your wooden call, I will say nine out of ten times, if you pull your call apart, she's so swollen up, you might not be able to get her apart. And if you do, you probably ain't going to get her to go back together. It's <laughs> the reason why I say just leave it hanging on your lanyard okay. and just suspend it in the air somewhere. You know, hang it on a wall, on a hook or something. Yeah, and some woods, actually, some, woods, yeah. some woods do more than others. You know, your, your hedge has a lot less oils in it, so it's going to swell and contract a lot more. Coca-Bola, it's going to do a lot less because of its oils, African blackwood. Uh, you know, beautiful woods are great, but it's all about the, oil, the, the oils and the way the grain structure is inside of the wood. Now, when it comes to wood, wood calls, what's your favorite one that you think has the most consistency with sound and um for wood yeah i, I personally personally okay. african blackwood i mean african blackwood you, you know bugs aren't in the trees for a reason and you got elephants leaning up scratching their butts on it so it's pretty hard yeah uh, so uh, you know a african blackwood if you take a six inch blank of it and you lay it in the water it sinks so it's a very dense wood but yeah. it has a it has a very very good uh, tonal quality plus it has a lot of oils in it and everything and the grain structure does not allow a lot of a lot of moisture to get into it yeah. kind of like a desert desert iron desert ironwood makes a good call because as the wood dries it physically shrinks it caves in and it covers and closes the pores in the wood so it almost makes it where you can't get moisture in it yeah but now, with all, like I tell everybody, wood calls, mm -hmm. I can make you two wood calls. One's going to swell, one's not. Even though both of them come from the same place that I buy, I buy my woods from, they both have set and done all the things. It's just no different than when you're nailing a two-by-four. You can be nailing a two-by-four, and it takes three to four good hits to get the nail to go through. Well, the next two-by-four, it takes one hit, and you about blew the nail through. Wood is wood. It's it's going to always be in a yeah. changing state. Now with acrylic, um, and you know, like I said, me and you've talked about this a lot offline and you know, in personal conversations. You'll hear call company guys and other guys say that different, you know, different color acrylics and different acrylics make the call sound different. What, what's your opinion on that? I would say. <clears throat> 
from Spartech, I saw that. And I wouldn't say it was just color to color. I would say batch to batch. I don't, I no longer use Spartech. And the reason I no longer use Spartech is their quality control is not to the level that it needs to be or that I expect. When I order, when I order black acrylic, doesn't matter whether I order it in January, February, March, whatever. When it gets to my shop, it should all be the same exact black in color. The next thing is when you put it up on a lathe and you turn it, it you know, sometimes it would be brittle, uh, chippy. Sometimes it would be a little bit soft. So there was always fluctuations. Uh, we use dead shot acrylic. They seem to have done a much nicer job of getting me the same quality of acrylic over and over and over again. Uh, and I don't really see a lot of, so, so they even asked me that question about the sound. And I said, you know, I really don't, I don't notice a difference. So they sent me a sample of a pearl. Uh, let's see, a pearl, a solid, a transparent, and a semi-transparent. I turned all four of those, cut, hand cut all four of those into trinities. I did not notice a sound difference between the four of those colors. They, I mean, each one of those inserts that I, that I turned and hand cut, they're in somebody's hands using them in contest right now. So, like I said, I think with one, one acrylic company that had, they basically had the market until Deadshot came in. Uh-huh. Joe, I would agree with you. There, there were times that you're like, well, this acrylic sounds better. This color sounds better than this one. Nice. So Joe just uh, had some technical difficulties, but as far so the, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, no problem. Trying to, get, trying to get him in. Um, that's not. That's what happens when you're not old and wise, you know, like <laughs> I am. <laughs> I had to throw it back. <laughs> he even gets on. It's crazy. It's all right. Uh, all right. Let me get him on. Okay. Can you hear me now? There we go. Right. Yes, sir. Are we still recording? Yeah, I'll cut that part out. All right, yeah. You may use your editing skills. Yeah, because you have none. <laughs> yeah, because I have exactly none. <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's crazy. I've never, I've never heard that that uh, that a color would make a difference. Uh, that's that's insane. So 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 think so think so think about this when you so you technically cast acrylic in its raw form. You, you, you put it in a bat. Well, then you're going to start adding color. As you add color, all of those colors got different molecules in them. You know, mm -hmm. to make green, it takes yellow and blue. Yeah. So if you use yellow, you only have one color. If you go to green, you got yellow, you got blue. If you got this color, it might take three, three times, three different colors. And all these, you know, black is, is, is all of the primary colors combined. Um, so as you're doing all of that, you're changing the chemical properties of the acrylic. And like I said, it wasn't a huge difference. But I think in the main street, a lot of people felt that, as I did as well, that ivory 
gave you the ting, more of a pingy sound to it, uh, because it was a little brittle when you would try to turn it and things of that nature, where other colors seem to be a little bit softer in nature. That's, that's insane. Um, Which ivory is probably one of my favorite favorite color calls of all time. Yeah, well, we'll never we will never sell ivory in our CNC line ever again. So. Well, thank God I have good friends, and thank God I have a good wife. There you go. <laughs> so, no, and, and don't forget when you're talking about calls. You know, I know you mentioned wood, and I know you mentioned acrylic, but you've got Delrin. Delrin, you treat just like you do acrylic. And then you turn around, you got micarta. Uh, no, I'm telling you right now, no matter what people say that micarta doesn't doesn't move, it doesn't swell or anything, it does. Yeah. Uh, and and then you've got stabilized wood, which is, you know, most of your burls, uh, your spalted woods, and all that that have been, uh, you know, chemically penetrated, dyed, and everything. So all of those add up. But I I tell people to treat, I tell them to treat Delrin just like you would acrylic. And I tell them to treat micarta, stabilized wood and natural wood all the same. You'll be safe if you do it that way. So speaking of micarta and, and you know, I'm uh, talking about this. Yeah. The micarta we get now, is it the same micarta that we get like from the 60s and 70s? No, no. So, so Westinghouse was the inventor of micarta and went through this whole phase where you know, they were uh, 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 countertops in your house and all kinds of stuff. Uh, it had asbestos fibers in it. Well, when the asbestos thing hit and all of that, what they did was is they kept the same, the same chemicals and the same makeup. They just removed the asbestos and everything, and they ended up changing, changing their name from Westinghouse to Norplex, uh, which you can still get the same micarta, but it's, it's minus the asbestos. Yeah, I thought it's, it's, it's still it still stinks terribly. <laughs> it still turns and it's nothing but crappy dust. And just I just it's unhealthy. And my wife can't stand the smell of it. So we just don't turn it here. Yeah. I, and I don't think that in the tone, I don't think that it gives you any superiority in durability, tone or anything. I mean. When's the last time you heard somebody blowing in a meat calling contest with a micarta insert? Or a meat contest for that fact? I mean, I, I think, think Brad was, Allen was the last one. Uh, Brad, Brad Allen was the last one. Was the last one who used a, and I, I think, you know, I but heard Dr. Talking, was he spent a lot of money on that Westinghouse micarta. I think he got yeah. turned by old Butch Richenbach before he passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I know Brad. I know Brad. You know, was an older micarta, and, and I turned one time. I did it, and that, and that's why I can't turn my car anymore. I did it one time. I didn't tell my wife I was doing it. She found out that it was the asbestos based, and had a cow. Made me swear to never touch my car again. And I, I told <laughs> her, hey, you know, I can't be upset about that. No problem. But I will say that call real, that, Yeah, that call sounded did not sound like today's micarta when i built it yeah it, it was a sweet sounding call yeah so so if you could say okay let's just say three things uh, as far and i know there's hundreds of things you can say three yeah. three top yeah. things that uh somebody who uh who's blowing calls three top maintenance things that they need to do whether it be 
yep. uh, when they need to do it and then how often do they need to do it. So, so change a cork and, and it's relative to how much you're practicing. And you should notice, even if you're, in, even if you're inexperienced, you should notice that the call doesn't sound right anymore. It's not as snappy and it's not as crisp. Change cork. Number two, cleaning of your call. I get calls sent back in here that people are like, hey, I want my call retuned and I want all this other stuff. And I have cleaned half a can of dip spit out of the inside of them. Pieces of oh. honey buns and Coca-Colas. Gosh. It is freaking <laughs> nasty. Nasty. And I'm going to start upcharging people and be like, I'm going to charge you 50 extra bucks to get that crap out. Just yeah, joking. That's, that's and, uh, uh, and, and well, I would say cork first. I tell you what, hold up. I would say hanging your calls up properly after hunt so that they can dry out, even acrylic. Cork. And then the cleaning of your call. Mm -hmm. Those would be the three main things that I would say people need to focus on. So I will and, say, and so many people, so many, so many people yeah, are scared uh -huh. to change the cork in their call. What if I mess it up, dude? It is a piece of cork. <laughs> well, what if I don't get the read in right? It's so easy to put the read back in. You simply squeeze it between your forefinger and your thumb very slightly, and it will it will actually bend, and it will always bend in the same direction. So you try to bend it. When it's a smiley face, so the bend goes downward, so it looks like it's making a little smile, you simply take that reed and you lay it into your duck call, push it all the way to the back so it stops, put the reed in the center of the tone board, take your piece of cork, Place it in your mouth and chew on it just a little bit to soften it up and to give it some lubricity and simply slide that into the cork notch and you are done. It's that easy. Okay, nice. I didn't know the whole chewing. Now, I will say I do hang my call, but what I was doing and I had one of the alpha and I just got a, which I love is your quack off one. Um, mm -hmm. My wood one, I was hanging it, but I was taking it apart. And hanging it that way, um, honestly. It's so, good so the problem with the well, the problem with taking it apart, it, 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 if it's not swelling too bad, it, it's not going to be an issue. But if you are sitting there and, and hunting every day for like five days, I guarantee you that call is going to swell. That wood is going to swell. I 100% would stake my life that call is going to swell. Problem is, if you pull it apart. If you can get it apart, if it's swollen, you can't get it apart. That should tell you something. But if you get it apart and it's swollen up and it doesn't shrink back down, doesn't dry out in enough time, you might not be able to. You'll get the insert in. You'll see those guys hunting where their O-ring is sticking out of the barrel. That's because everything's swelled up and they can't get it back together. Now, the call will still operate. It just puts the tone board, the front of the reed, further away from the mouthpiece. So it takes a little bit different air pressure to get everything running again but it'll still work okay yeah that was one thing uh i think i'm going to change this season but uh right now i'm blowing your the quack ops that, that you had and uh i mean i love it um appreciate it i mean it looked good too so <laughs> yeah, he's going with yeah. a, he's going he's going your new one while we yeah, the new, just, there you just, go there you go yeah the new one uh, yeah. the cold weather fan one that's that one right yep no, that would be the alpha. Uh, so if it's a quack ops, it's a, it's a cold weather fan. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We changed yeah, we my, changed the engraving. We changed the engraving this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I love the way it looks. I mean, I thought it was pretty 
I I liked it personally. So now Stump, getting you know, not just your calls, everyone's calls. If you know, they'd be you know, R and T Echo, uh, R and C. Every you know, they're the, different. And the one and the one million uh, small guys. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. One million small guys, Raggio, all that. Yeah, I I threw a rock out of my yard the other day, and as it passed it, and it hit the field. It bounced off of three call makers and two stabilizers before it hit the ground. <laughs> so everyone has everywhere, so. And yeah. everything, right? So, yeah. you know, we get a lot of new uh, new duck uh, hunters, waterfowlers or whatever. I mean, I'm a duck hunter. Right, I, kill, right. I, I kill geese on accident. Um, people get kind of intimidated. Not, you know, once, you know, like I said, once people found out that you hang out with low lives like me, I've gotten a lot of... Um, messages talking about calls you know, uh-huh. you know what's a good arm call for this or what's a good call for this or what does it sound mm-hmm. for different regions of you know the flowers and all that what do you, what calls do you recommend you know novice to new duck hunters to use in you know in different regions or whatnot or you know even if there is you know if is there a region or not region based for you, you know the different type so, of duck calls you have, or if any, anyone has. So, so I don't go by region. So I get a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I live in this area." So, so, so your ducks are no are not special, and they don't have a sign language or a certain code that my ducks don't have. So, at the end of the day, a duck is a duck. Now, pressure and things of that nature; those do make differences. But at the end of the day, the vocabulary is still the same. I, I, t- I tell everybody, if it's my line, you cannot – I normally will recommend a cold-weather fan. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're blowing it in a small little spot in the back or in open water. The call has the capability of being very quiet with very little air, but it also has the capability of being loud enough for any of the situations you're going to find yourself in. However, it is all dependent upon the caller's capability. Now – I say that to tell people that if you get into a cold weather fan, for example, and you are a beginner, the call is very easy to run, takes very little, very little air. You can run that call, and as you grow and you learn different cadences, different pressures, and, and things of that nature, you're not going to outgrow the capabilities of that call. So you're not going to go, oh, well, I've gotten to a point where I can't hunt with this call anymore or this or that because – well, it just doesn't get loud enough, or it doesn't do this, or it doesn't do that. It will grow with you. Um, you know, I, I always recommend somebody says, well, okay, so if you're not blowing your call, what do you recommend? And I tell everybody straight up, if I was not hunting my call or blowing in contests with my call, I would 100% have a JJ Lairs hanging on my lanyard. It's a good call. It's a good design. And, and Brett Crow, the owner, is a good gentleman. Outside of that, I like Amondo. I think Mr. Jim is an amazing person. He's helped a lot of people out. It's a really, really, really good call. And I like the guy. Those are my yeah. two number one, two favorites that I like to recommend to people outside of my line. Um, but why the Mondo? Is so, it, is so, it, so a lot is of people, that, so a lot um, of people cut down style well, I do like? Well, I, I like so so I like a cut down style. It gives a different 
variety and everything. But then I'll, I'll hear people go, well, I, I can't blow a Mondo or I can't blow a cut down because it takes too much air. Well, it's not that that call takes too much air. It's that that reed takes too much air. So that reed's that too long. Reed? Yeah, so you just need you, you just need to shorten it. So pull yeah. the call apart and pull the call apart and you can take a file to the very end of it, a uh, an emery board that you use for yeah. your nails and just start grinding on the very back of it. Couple swipes, put it in, blow it. It should keep getting lighter every time you get that and easier to blow till finally you're like, dude, I can blow this call now and I can do these things on this Mondo, you know, because I've shortened the read. So it's not that you don't have enough air for the call. You don't have enough air for the read. Read, yeah. You shorten the read. And now shorten, that And if you get said. a call that you're overblowing, mm-hmm. you get a call that you're overblowing, you're going to need to get a new read. You'll lay them. You'll stand them up so that the same, you know, the, 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 the front of the reed down on the table. And the new reed's going to be a lot longer than the old reed. And it's simple. Just cut the new reed a little bit longer than the old reed. Stick it in, and it's going to be heavy. And then you should then have to take your file, your nail file, and start yeah. shortening just a little bit to dial it down. It's better to cut it a little long and walk it down than it is to cut it short to begin with. But but like I said, I like I like the JJ layers. Brett's a good guy, uh, good call. Uh, all of those things. Mondo would be another one that I would recommend. Now, so you're probably gonna hate me for yeah. this. And I say this because me and you're pretty good buddies. I like to think so. <laughs> We're about to find out. Apparently, yeah, I know. He's you're gonna know, hang up on you right know, now. <laughs> you already know this is going. So that being said, yeah, the OTP. That was, you know, almost like a, I think, the you know, the mixture of, the perfect mixture of a J-frame and a cut down, almost like a Louisiana-style cut down, getting high with a good bottom rasp. Um, yeah. What do you think about that one that you made? So, so the, uh, the the OTP was never a design <clears throat> that I was going to put out to the masses. It was something that I had tinkered with here in the shop, that I something that I liked so that I could go blow. And besides that, I always like trying to come up with new designs and new ideas. Yeah. Uh, do I like the call? Love the call. I got I got a, I got a buddy right down the road right here that. Here on the lakes where we're at, everywhere we go, all he blows is his OTP. And he sounds phenomenal on his OTP. He kills good amount of ducks. Um, I like it because, you know, if I want to bark on it, it's not as loud as a Mondo or anything like that because it's a 10 mil reed. But I can still bark on it, but I could still do a lot of the bottom end things on it. Yeah. When I sent that call out, I sent that call out tuned heavy. And the majority of people, I have had quite a few come back to my shop. And what I do is I simply shorten the read a little bit. But, you know, once again, with the, that nail file, shorten it down to where I would be able to overblow the call. And normally where I'm able to overblow the call is a good pressure for your normal guy out there that has one. And I'll yeah. send it back out to them and, and they're happy with it. Yeah. But I think so. So we, we, we always talk about. 
you know, one of the subjects that you've said and, and that a lot of things I hear is people are always like, what call should I get? What call should I get? First of all, there's no magic flute. If you yeah. think that there is a ma- <laughs> if, if anybody out there, if you think that there is a magic flute, you need to take a really, really, really cold shower and wake your butt up because it, it ain't out there. Every call out there has different air pressures and all these other things. But what I try to tell people, the, there's two of the number one things, especially with beginner guys and, and, and contest caller guys too now. I'll say, uh, hey, why, why, why do you like that call? Well, it just fits me. And, and after the contest, I'm like, hey, can I, can I blow your call? Sure. And I'll blow their call, and it is either tuned like freaking Megalodon heavy or just butt baby light. Yeah. And, and, and so, so you buy a call. Most people, you know, hey, Echo Timber. I think they're $29.95 down at Walmart. And it's right in front of your face. And they put the whole, hey, it's a double read. It's easy to blow. Da, 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 whatever. When you get home, you pull out, you blow it. Most people, it's either too heavy or too light. And if people would learn to tune their calls, they could dial most of the calls that they think are bad. They could dial a lot of those calls in to achieve a, the performance that they could get out of that call and then decide whether that is a call for them or not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Perfect yeah. sense. Absolutely. Well, yeah. For me, it, for, for, for me it makes sense because I've seen it. You know, I've had the privilege of seeing it in your – you know, because I have, a, you know, I love your cold weather fan. And yeah. I got, and me and Chris were talking about this. I have three cold weather fans. And they yeah. sound, each three of them sound a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one that, you know, that you know, I was lucky enough that me and you sat down, you know, in North Carolina. And you yeah. tuned it, you know, with the read and the file, taking the file to the tone board to me. Almost to where like I could have bad habits, and, you know, and like if there's anyone out there that knows, like, you know, I if I have bad habits, you know, Stump will tell me, hey, hey, brother, you have bad, you need to practice a little bit more. Yeah, hey, yep, son, yep. Like, you, you suck. You know, I, I don't because you know, I was fortunate growing up where I could blow where I was hunting. I could blow a double read. I grew up as a what they call a country club hunter. I, I grew up in the in the in the, in the, um, the duck clubs. Um, it's just it is what it is. You know, I I think a public land hunter made me made made me better. Um, it made me have to be better to kill ducks. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But so, to, so so I get I, so saying that you have three cold weather fans are all a little bit different. A lot of people yeah. like. Well, well, why is that? And I try to tell everybody. I hand tune all the CNCs and everything, so there's always a little bit here and there. And I have good yeah. days of, I have good air. I have, I have days that I'm struggling. I'm just like everybody else. Yeah. But you know, reads, 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 reads. I mean, if that read is just a tick longer, a tick shorter, the dog ears are a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller. It, it's going to change the characteristics of the yes, call. And- and that's it, what I'm no, getting at. So, so, so you you think a guitar? There's there's five strings on the guitar. Well, when yeah. you ping on each one of them, it's a different tone, right? Yes. Well, they're all the same length. 
they, they all attach right here on the face and the, on the fingerboard at the top. They all attach there. So, so why don't they all sound the same though? Because they're different yeah. diameters. I mean, well, yeah, and it, it, duck call. Just, yeah, yeah. On a duck call, it, you don't have strings. You got to read. Well, if you got to read, it's a little bit shorter, a little bit, a little bit longer. All of those things change the way that that read oscillates inside of that call, which there changes the, the pitch, the sound, and the characteristics of the call. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you, yeah you're I, still basing it upon what the call is built to do, but you can definitely change things. Change it. And I, I think me and Chris were talking about that. Before you got on, I was, you know, you tuned one for my son Landon, one of his competition Yeah, calls. yeah, yeah. And yep. you know, I really liked how light it was, and um, yeah, it was a really it, it sound it had like almost like a really it's a cold weather fan. You know, if anyone asks me my favorite, I've you know I have two favorite calls. It's gonna be my OTP, which you know hashtag bring it back, and a cold weather fan. Um, uh-huh. And I really like you know to I, me. I like that, how you threw in the hashtag bring them back. Yeah, whole tag bring <laughs> it back, but um. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cutting it is gives that same volume and everything, but it has a little more lighter, younger hen sound to it. You know, with with Landon, because that's it's got a, because it's got a shorter read. Because read, your, yeah. your young one has smaller lungs, he can't produce as as big of air. Yeah, and being me, where you 100%. know, hang, hanging out with you, I, I'm starting to learn how to control my air. You know, sometimes yeah. I grunt a little bit because I'm still breaking bad habits. But you know um, that one my wife got me that that cold weather fan that she got me for our anniversary. Thank you, Megan. Yep. Uh, it's good to have good friends as well. It's an ivory color. Once again, good to have good friends. You know, I wanted that one to be a little lighter, a little you know, especially early in the season, a little lighter. And I, you know, me, I pair all my calls, so I'll run two goose calls, and that you know. I've always what was suited me was consistency in the waterfowl world. Using the same decoys, same choke, same shotgun, same shells, same duck calls. You know, so for duck calls, I use I'll always use you know an RMC. You know, and I I kind of pair them where you know starting to begin. If you look at my beginning lanyard, the beginning of the season, it's a an FTM with a you know a kind of that lighter tuned. Um, cold weather fan, and then okay. I'm always I'm always gonna use for speckle bellies because here in Louisiana I get a lot of specks. It's gonna be a um, a riceland. It's gonna be a half gut and a three fourth gut, and then you know a whistle is mm-hmm. a whistle. I, I use a coon tree to whistle in that ivory right, color because right. for some reason I lo- really like the ivory color. Later in the season I'm gonna go transition to probably an alpha tuned a little heavy and a mm-hmm. um. Uh, uh, 410 tuned a little heavy because I really like, I like that 410. I, I think you can almost get a cut down bark on it. And sometimes if, I, if I'm hunting different public lands, I'll, I'll throw that o- OTP, that little cut down type of, I like that, a heavy OTP with, because I really like that bark it does. Um, uh-huh. When it becomes, you know, when, when you're hunting different later seasons, you know, there's different lines of your calls and there's different lines of every calls. Where does that fit in at? I think that's where a lot of people get kind of confused and almost intimidated. When you look at a echo and you see the echo, um, 
ODB and you look at the Echo Timber and then the Echo Open Water, then you look at R&T. I mean, R&T has, you know, great calls. The Mondo, the Daisy Cutter, the um, Daisy Slayer. Then you look at the, o, you know, the FTM, an OTP, a cold weather fan, a pothole. Where do those fit in and why do they fit in? So start at the bottom. I mean, your your smaller bore calls, OTPs and things are uh, uh, potholes and things of that nature. Those are mostly designed for very small little holes. I mean, the pothole got its name because I've got some places that we hunt that the, it echoes terrible back in there, and they're very, very, very small. Um, so I needed a little bit more nasally sound so that I didn't have that crack on the call as bad, so it wouldn't echo nearly as bad. And that's how I came out with the pothole. I didn't, I didn't try to go out and design a what some people call a timber call, uh, you know, trying to be quiet. I specifically tried to just tone it down so that it would do this in these specific areas. Um, you know, then then you go up into range in the next. You know, you go up to let's say. Let's say a cold weather fan, an alpha, and an FTM. So the cold weather fan, again, that's my number one selling call. It's what we have all of our championships on. And it, to me, covers the gambit from soft to loud, all the trick notes that you could want to do and manipulations and everything. Based upon the cold weather fan, I had guys that are like, you know, man, it just doesn't have uh, enough volume for me. I, I need another level of volume. So that's where I took, and it is the, the cold weather fan alpha. And that's where we changed the tone channel. We changed the exhaust, but we still use the same tone board so that you get the characteristics of a cold weather fan from the soft to the top. But the call gets a lot louder. So it gives you that extra level if you are out and you want to do those things. Or if you're one of those guys that go, well, well I blow hard. Well, okay, congratulations. So that you that basically what you're telling me is you don't know how to do anything but one thing. Okay, well, that's where the, that comes in. Then I would have people say, you know, no matter which call of yours I use, I don't get enough of that, that buzz, that rattle, that urgh. So that's where I sit down and develop the cold or the, the uh, FTM. Uh, it is a very, for somebody of myself, blowing the call where I can get rattled out of a call. The FTM is a very clanky, gnarly, rattly call. However, I made sure to give it some holds so that you can get some of those squeals, and I gave it the ability to go from the top to the bottom, just like I would a cold weather fan. It's just that it stays rattly throughout the entire range. Call companies generally have their number one go-to call. And it is the call that covers the majority of scenarios that you would list. And then they have what they call their specialty calls. They're open water. They're quiet timber calls. They're this, they're that. And what they're trying to do is those guys that can't manipulate or that haven't learned how to manipulate a call, they're trying to bring those customers into their product line by giving them something that helps them to get to that level or to that area that they want to be that maybe down the road that they would grow into, and that normally is what happens, but they're just trying to fill those little voids for those particular people that need a little bit of extra help. Yeah, and honestly, I, I will – yeah, it makes perfect sense, honestly, when you break it, broke it down like that. And 
I, for me personally, and and uh, I talked to Joe about this. I feel, and just because of my inexperience, um, I, I I don't want to blow a call on on this podcast just because I don't want people to see here how bad I sound. But uh, <laughs> the cold weather fan for me, I, I think you know what I think all of us should should have to do a ten second little blow a duck call <laughs> so we know where everybody's at. Oh yeah, I, 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 got, I got my calls right here. And I already know where I'm, or I'm gonna get made fun of that. There you go, there you go. But go ahead, go ahead, brother. <laughs> You're seeing your cold weather fan. All right, who's that? That's Joe. Oh, that was me. That was me. Okay, that was Joe. I was on. I was on your FTM. <laughs> uh, let's hear that Chris. Was... Go. Hey, yeah, Chris. <laughs> Okay, so Chris, 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 you're doing what we call just you're just simply blowing air into a call. Uh-huh. I could you you need to structure that air whenever you just blow. Ah, 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 that's what you get. You kind of get that party horn sound. Mm-hmm. You do the same thing, but you structure that same air that I just did, same volume, everything, and you get. Ah, 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 ah. All all we gotta do is teach you how to structure that. So I always, so one of the things I always do when guys start talking about duck calls and they're like, this is what I want. This is what I need. Normally the next, the next thing on my mouth is I need to hear you blow a call. I need to know if people are full of crap or if they know what they're talking about. And, and the majority of callers out there have no idea. They have, they're just repeating things that they're reading or things that they're hearing. And I caution people out there of taking advice from other people on the internet, especially Facebook, that do not have sound files on calls to show that, look, I know how to blow a call. I'm proficient at it. This is why I'm able to give advice. Would you take advice from somebody on driving a car that does not have a driver's license? However, they ride around in a passenger seat. Yeah, exactly. I hey, I read a book on how to fly an airplane. Should I be giving advice on how to navigate and, and utilize the equipment in an aircraft? I read a book. I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, you need you need to double check. You need to check. And and I'm not trying to say that you know, hey, this guy is. But at the end of the day, if the guy can't blow a duck call very well, why would you take advice off of him? And most people don't even question. Oh, well, I see you. I see this certain person on all these different forums and all these different uh, Facebook pages giving advice. But think to yourself, have you ever seen a sound file or ever heard a sound file from that particular person? And if you haven't, that's a question that you should be asking because you need to know who to take advice from. Yeah, no, it, it makes that makes perfect. I mean, obviously, I mean, just because they say they're a call maker doesn't yeah. doesn't mean you should be taking advice from them. <laughs> no, that is hashtag, hashtag stick and echo insert in the barrel. Oh, that is my <laughs> next. That is my next topic. So, and I've seen it. I've seen a lot lately, and um, we've had people. You know, this podcast, thank God, has done very well. Uh, thank you for all the listeners, yeah. and thank you for the greatest people, like especially you, Stump, you know, and all the other great guys that are who supported us. Yeah. You know, they've gotten a hold of us, like uh, talking about, oh, you know, we blow this, uh, or you know, I'm a call maker, or whatnot. 
And um, my co-host, I'm bad about this. And, you know, so I'm, you know, me and you are good buddies. And I'm unapologetic about this. I will not talk or bring up anything in the industry. Because I think this industry, I love the waterfall industry. I was born into it. Um, I have deep roots, you know, back four generations in this industry. Um, I think a lot of people bastardize this industry and take advantage of people. Uh, and unapologetically, I'm about to piss some people off. And this is what it is. And, you know, and honestly, for viewers and listeners, it is what it is. You like me, like me, don't you don't. Um, yeah, I still don't like him, but we're, we're good. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> Business-wise, uh, he's okay. Yeah, um, you have a lot of people in this industry that are doing things and saying things that just straight out aren't true. Um, and it goes along with a lot with call maker, a decoy maker, a decoy carver. You carve your own decoy. No, no decoy maker or carver carves a decoy for some for another brand. No waiter brand, no shotgun brand, no shotgun shell brand makes their own shotgun sell to somebody else. Now, this being said, duck calls. There's duck call makers that will sell something to someone else or do something for someone else and put in their own name. Now, I'm not saying that I disagree with the people that are doing it. That are the, uh-huh. the originals, the originals that are making inserts and having other people use their inserts. Because at the end of the day, you've seen it stump. People will re-engineer your your insert to steal it for their own, anyways. So why not make money off of it? If can, at the end of the day, if you're going to be in this industry, is to make money and put food on the table for your family. You know, if they're going to do it anyways, might as well give it to them so they could do it and you make some profit off of it. But for the viewers, and you see this on Facebook, Call Nuts, Duck Call Exchange, Duck Call Lounge, Duck Call. Hey, let me. I'm not on Facebook, but let me go ahead and mention the Call Lounge. If yeah, if you don't know what it is, they should go check out the Call Lounge. There's good yeah. people over there. But go ahead, go ahead. There are good people. I mean, I'm friends with all the people who started it. Uh, but you know, you know, just like the freedom of speech, they let people talk about and stuff about you know anything they want. You see a lot of these call makers that are making, you know, they're turning barrels or whatnot, but sticking other people's inserts in their calls than calling themselves duck call makers. How much of that do you, do you think that's hurt the, the duck call industry or misdrewed customers? So I will say, before I will say anything, I will say this. There are always going to be, no matter what the industry is, in this world, you have good people, you have bad people. Uh, that's just the way that it is. Uh, you have heaven and you have hell. I hope that everybody's right with God and they're going to the right place. Uh, how bad has it hurt the industry? I, I don't. I don't know if it's hurt the industry. I will say that it is. I will use the word as confused, because I do talk to a lot of people and they they just there's there's so much information misinformation out there. Um, and people writing up things to try to make themselves or their calls look to be something that they're not because, you know, let's market. Uh, I think that it has confused a lot of people. 
which I think therein lies, turns around, and creates the misinformation that is out there. Uh, some people, uh, the majority of the people, just don't know no better. They honestly just don't know better. That's, that's all they know. Their buddy told them. Their buddy didn't know anything, and they just completely repeat what their buddy said. Uh, but as far as the you know, putting other people's inserts, um, you're more than likely referring to uh, the, the, the most popular one would be an Echo Poly. Uh, there are some other SRT or STR. I forget what it's one of them called, but I think Wood Barter sells them. They got into having some poly inserts that you can put into a barrel. Uh, and, things. And, and look, I don't have a problem with somebody going out and making a barrel and putting an echo insert in it and selling it as long as they say, hey, I turned this barrel. Here's what it's made out of, yada, 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 yada. I have placed an echo insert in it. Yeah. You are not lying to your customer base. You are being completely honest and telling them exactly what they are getting. I don't have a problem with that because that's not a lie. No, it's not. What I have a problem with is when somebody says, hey, I made this custom call, or they will say that, you know, we are doing these things. We're, we're working on our developing our, or this is our, I know some companies that say, well, this is our introductory line. And that's when I sit back and I say, well, how can this be an introduction, an introductory call into your lineup Yeah. when it sounds like an echo because it's an echo? But you're over here telling me that you make your own tone board. Mm-hmm. Well, how can you call that an introductory call? It's not your call. It's not your design. Uh, and, I, and, and it does rub me the wrong way when I hear people say, I'm a call maker. And I come to find out that, no, you're not. You're a mm-hmm. barrel maker Yeah. that puts an echo insert. At least be honest about it. That's, that's, that's the main thing. Be honest to the customer base because… Those people have worked very hard in their lives to earn the money that they have, and now they're spending it with you. Show them some respect. Yeah, and I think I think the the biggest part too is um, educated about it because I think what it is is, um, and I've been blessed to be uh, uh, a little bit more inside the community. Um, I mean, a lot of that has to do with Joe. Thank you, meeting him at Fort Polk. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know what he yeah. whispered, but, uh, but, um, and that has to do with you stump, but, uh, uh, stump. And it has to do with everybody we've been have on the show. Um, I have been blessed with that. What is that noise, Joe? Is that you? That's, yeah. Probably me. Oh, can you hear now? But, uh, yeah. I will say, I think what it is, it's the lack of education because you get you and I've ran into it. You get a lot of guys. Uh, I have had personal friends that are new to waterfowl and, I mean, they they make other calls such as uh, friction turkey calls or uh, stuff like that, um, and right. they get uh, and they're you know and I have nothing against them. Hey, you know you want to make you go ahead and make make what you got you know money whatever you know. Um, and I again again I don't have a problem yeah. with it. Just just it's no difference that a knife a knife maker. You know you don't call yourself a custom knife maker. If you're buying your metal and all you're doing is grinding everything up, I mean, that's a, you, that's a knife. You're a knife maker. Okay, but you bought the metal. You didn't mm-hmm. go out and hand forge the metal. There's different levels of knife makers. There's different level of call makers. Just be honest with people. 
Yeah, and I think and I think that's it. where I think that's where it gets to the lack of knowledge. So yeah. it's kind of like uh, for me, uh, I I grew up big game hunting. Okay, so if I'm in this deer stand, uh, there's there's a thing called hunter's etiquette, and that and that's where whatever you're hunting, you're not gonna yeah. set up ten feet away from me. Uh, and I've had that issue happen. And I've told him, hey man, what's the problem? Why why are you setting your tree stand literally? You know what I mean? Next to me, making you know, um, what it, and a lot of it, and all every one of them that it's ever happened to me, they've all been. Uh, I'm sorry to know I'm new. I'm new to hunting. I, I wanted to come out. I did it last season. Okay, fine. And I would have made the same mistakes, waterfowling, if it wasn't for the people I knew, um, and I, right. I meet and educated. So now I understand what that etiquette is. A lot of people. There's no. There, I, at least I don't know of any book out there. Maybe maybe me and Joe should make a book. There's no waterfowl etiquette book. There's no, um, there's no, uh, no deer hunting etiquette book. There, there's no turkey call, turkey etiquette book though. Um, but it's just right, I think right. that's something that's given to you from whether you'd be somebody in your family, your, friends, your upbringing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're upbringing. yeah, you're upbringing. And, and I think that's what it is. It comes down to that lack of yep. knowledge. Um, and it's I, so, I don't so, think like that it, people don't know that. No. Well, no. I, I so so to some degree so. I do hold some. I do hold people accountable for their lack yeah. of knowledge, and here's the reason why: uh-huh. the information is available out there. You just do not take the time to go educate yourself upon it. Now, does it take a t- a bit of time to do that? Yeah, because you do have so much misinformation mm-hmm. out there. For example, we were down at a, I was down with Valor and Honor over the weekend at a waterfowl festival. I had another call maker come over and was talking to me. Super nice gentleman, everything. Um, we were talking about wood and the subject of Coca-Cola come up. And he looks at me because can you still even get Coca-Cola? So th- th- this right here is a perfect example of misinformation. Yeah. Certain call companies came out and said, hey, we're not going to do Coca-Cola anymore because, well, you can't get it. It's endangered. Well, that misinformation went throughout the industry. Not only to the call makers, but also to collectors and, and people that are just, you know, buying duck calls and everything that, oh, my God, you can't get calls made out of Coca-Cola anymore. It's endangered. It's, you know, it's, it's illegal to import. None of that is true. And I looked at him as a call maker, and I was a little, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, you know, it's, it's listed on the cities, which is basically simply to watch it to make sure that this particular wood is not over-harvested. And becomes endangered, but there's n- there's no issues with buying Coca-Cola right now at all. There's no special laws, no special price, no this or that. It's Coca-Cola grows like an oak tree here down south grows all over the place. Coca-Cola grows all over the place wild in Central America, Mexico, South America regions. They just want to make sure that the industry doesn't come in and just completely wipe it out, which is a good thing, you know, because we want to make sure that we keep these things. But that misinformation that gets put out there of creating that, and then, then what happens is that misinformation gets put out there, and then you get AKA Callmaker over here, makes a call on a Coca-Cola, puts it up on eBay or, or on Facebook or wherever, and goes, hey, you know, it's extremely rare material, and he'll jack the price up. And then on top of it, he'll throw an echo insert in it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, you're 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 lying on multiple levels here. 
you shouldn't do those kind of things. You know, we shouldn't try to create misinformation and things. Just state the facts and let the facts speak for themselves. Now, stop. Yeah. But we talk about doing the research, but do you think there's certain outlets that that kind of misstrewed that information to make the consumer think that? 100%. Again, you have people that see an opportunity, and what they see is an opportunity to get into something. And whether it be for money, and whether it be for fame, or whether it be just for their freaking ego. And they'll, they'll want to get in. They'll see that, that misinformation. Or they'll see something that they can capitalize, put their little spin on it, and keep, go- and keep going with that and try to cash in on it. And, and when I say cash in, that's with you know, f- fortune, fame, whatever it happens to be. And, and those people are very normally short-lived. Yeah. So when you, when you see certain things, there should be – red flags should come up when you see certain things. Yeah. You know, marketing. Marketing it is an evil, evil thing at times. Because people will sit down and figure out how to tell you that the sky is not blue and try to convince you that it's a color of teal. And if they do it enough and they do it well enough, they can program people to think that it's teal. Well, yeah. Well, because, you know, when you you go to marketing, marketing, magazines, commercials, all this, this is me. Tell me if I'm wrong because, you know, I'm wrong a lot. If I throw enough money at you, you're in a market, whatever I tell you to say. So I will say this. Water fouling magazines, turkey hunting magazines, because I love to freaking turkey hunt. I, I might actually say if you told me that I could go out and there's gobblers gobbling or I could go out and there's, some, and there's ducks, I might go out turkey hunting. Oh. Just never <laughs> duck hunt again. I love me some turkeys. But still. Uh, and, and this, I love turkey hunting, but this falls into fishing as well. But I, I'm speaking on these two because I pay attention to these two, but I see it in all of these industries. Uh, and that is where magazines come out and they normally have, you know, their products of the year. I hate to tell everybody this, but the majority of the products that they're listing in those magazines as products of the year, they paid for that advertising. Yeah. That company that put it in there. Got a write-up from them and some pictures from them. Nobody tested anything. Nobody went and looked at sales across the United States to see if that product actually is that good and people think these things. Most of the people bought into it, and they advertised to get into that magazine to turn around and boost sales. It's all about that because if people people sit there and they open these waterfowl magazines, and you keep seeing this, hey, look at this duck call, this call company over here, goose call, duck call, whatever it be. Look at this call company over here. And then you go somewhere else and you see it again. You see, so you're going to start thinking that, hey, that's, those are quality. That's good stuff. They're in all these magazines. Plus the, hey, it's, ah, look over here. This, this right here, it was, it was listed as one of the best products of the year. So people then turn around and they'll go buy that product. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's a good product or not. They have simply created the marketing and the misinformation of the persona of, that is a good product. So you got to be really careful about listening to things of this nature of, you know, hey, this is the gun of the year. 
or this is the call, since we're talking about calls, this is the call of the year. Well, the majority of those bought that advertising. Mm-hmm. There are some that earn it. I, I I know for a fact of some that got a nice phone call and was like, hey, we would like to have you in here, and this is why. And, hey, they earned every bit of it. That's an amazing thing. But the majority of the companies, those those advertise, that's advertising no matter what, and somebody bought into that. So that whole yeah. misinformation and things of that nature goes all the way back to those kind of things. You have to really, you got to look at what, 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 what you're looking at. You know, if you're looking in a magazine uh, or things of that nature, these magazines and stuff, they make money by selling copies. To sell copies, they've got to generate some kind of something to be able to make people want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I think be wary of those things. Yeah, and I think it's, it's really bad now. Um, and we all know why it's, it's social media, the way uh, information is getting put out now. It's it's, it's easier. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it's well you, you, you it, it's, a, it's it's so information. I, I'll never forget that, you know, when I was a kid, the whole, you know, everybody's like, you know, people are so dumb. And and the, the theory was that the reason that certain that the a majority of people were not common sense, smart or educated was because the lack of knowledge. Because you had to go to a public library. You had to read it out of an encyclopedia of, of these things. Uh, well, here comes the Internet. And, you know, now we're many, many, many years into Al Gore creating the Internet. And, uh, you know, people sitting back and it's like, OK, you now have all this information at your hand, but the world's actually even dumber. Mm-hmm. Because the, the amount of inaccurate information that people put out. I mean, think about it. It was a television show called Mythbusters, and they had, I think, eight, nine seasons of nothing but you know, verifying or tearing down myths that, yeah. that were urban legend. I mean, that shows you how much misinformation gets put out there and people saying things that really just aren't true. And in the, unfortunately, in the call industry, it happens a lot because uh, I tell people today that the art of call making is I feel that the art of call making is being lost. The art of call making should be about the sound. Uh, mm-hmm. But nowadays you can glue stuff together. You can carve things, uh, make things look really pretty out of these fancy materials that you know, nobody ever had access to years ago. And, you know, the next thing you know, it's, it's a beautiful piece of art. You know, mm-hmm. they, they slap That's a $500 price tag. Yeah, they slap a $500 price tag on it and people actually start believing this is, hey, these are great products. When at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter to me all this gaudy what it, it's a duck call. Yeah, it should do these things right here. Now, if you want to have art, that to me duck call art, but that that kind of shifts into a little bit different of a category. So again, be very diligent and looking at things to find the proper information and educate yourself. Yeah. I tell people all the time. So, for example. Joe, I, the thing I try to tell everybody and anybody listening here, if you if you go to go get an RM and you go you buy a secondhand call, you simply have that call shipped directly to the shop. So you're not so that guy wants a hundred dollars for a duck call and he's going to ship it to you. So instead of shipping it to you, he ships it to me. Okay, I get the duck call. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to buff it. I'm going to reread it, recork it, 
all of these things, and I'm going to verify that nobody messed with it on the tone board or anything and altered it or anything like that. I'm going to take that call. I'm going to put it in a box, and I'm going to ship it to you, and it's going to cost you $5 to have that done. So you are out if you buy a secondhand call with us. You're out $5, but you get to send it to us, get it to you as clean, as as best tuned, and the whole nine yards as you can possibly get so that you know it wasn't messed up. Now, how often do you see people alter your calls? Normally, I've had a couple of calls come through the shop that people have thought that they were smarter than me and and have messed with the tone boards, and it was severe enough that there was just no getting them back. Yeah. Uh, I I found multiple multiple things. But the number one thing is somebody somebody cut the cork, I mean, or the the reed. The reed, And, I mean, I put a spare reed in the the package. I've had people... Take dagger. that bare reading and just dagger it and simply put yeah. it in the call. I'm like, guys, that that read is an eighth of an inch too long. I put a long read in there so that you can tune your call, but they'll actually put that long read in there and the, and, and the call doesn't work. And then, well, the next thing you know, they sell it to somebody. They get it and they get a blow. It's like, blah, blah. man, it's, it's super, super deep and the reads too long yeah well, then they turn around they sell it and then they turn around they sell it and they turn around they sell it because nobody in the process went to go oh to the read the reads too long yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. so do you think do you think that that comes from i mean i don't want to because there is good guys doing this and i know you do this a little bit do you think all that oh, there's comes- some really super look look there's some guys out there I might not let's just let's just say this even if I don't like their duck call and and I strictly talk about duck calls because that's that's what I do but let's just say I don't like this I don't like the characteristics of this guy's call over here you know it's not a call that I would hunt however he completely made that call himself yeah I'm not gonna bash that guy that guy made the call himself I mean he's that's what he's doing, and he's working to get better and this and that. Uh, would I recommend if somebody said, hey, what do you think about this call? I would not recommend the call. Now, if two years down the road, take, take Randy Sesco from Cold Front. I have his first duck call that he ever made inside the house. Would I hunt it? Not in a million years. However, when Randy Sesco sends me a call today, would I hunt it? Yes, I would. He won the Callmakers Championship up in Easton last year. Randy has worked, and I've got to watch Randy work to get to be better and to learn his craft as he's going down the road. But you never see Randy out there going, screaming, I'm the best, look at me, look at me, or charging $500, all of these other things. And and you don't see him mismarketing. Where I'm getting at is people that alter other people's calls for profit. So I, I don't know. So, so again, are you talking about like an echo insert that it comes in? And, you know, say a guy. Because look, any I, I I couldn't even tell you what an echo insert costs. Uh, let's say ten. We're saying people that are going cutting echo. mondos. Okay, that's well, where, well, hold up. That's where, that's hold where up. it's at. That, that's where it's at nowadays. People get okay. In, you know. So I so okay. So for example, I cut. Old, I, I cut old keyholes only. Now, I do not monitor. I've had people ask me, will I, will I cut a, 
a Mondo or a will I this or that, somebody that makes their calls right now. And I tell them, I said, no, if you want to cut Mondo, you need to call Jim. He makes the Mondo. You, oh, oh, you want a 45 cut? Well, you need to call over here to Rolling Thunder. You need to call these guys. Now, the calls that I cut, they're made back in the 1930s and the 1940s. And I do my thing to those to bring them yeah. into the, what I call the 21st century. Uh, but, yes, there are guys out there that are altering Mondos and this, that, and the other thing. You know, you know at the end of the day, though, Joe, I mean, they're still – they're doing the work. Yeah. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, like I said, dude, I don't do Facebook. I don't, I don't, I'm not into all the look at me and all those other stuff. I, I couldn't tell you what somebody, so if a guy buys, let's say, let's say, so let's say a Mondo is what? $130, I guess. Yeah. 145. So, okay. So let's just say 145. So 145 yeah. and that guy, he physically buys it and then he turns around and he cuts it and does some work to it and everything. What is he? What is he doing? Is he then turning around and selling it? I, I mean, mean, yeah, you, you see he, that. You see it on. You see it on okay. Facebook every day nowadays. I mean, okay, so how, much he, you know, how much is he? How much is he now charging for that Mondo? I've seen it up to three hundred dollars. Okay, me, so I think that's really. I, I understand. I think that's very excessive, uh, because I mean, when you buy a Mondo. It's pretty much, I, I mean, I don't know what he's doing to justify $150. I mean, if he's altering the tone board, that's not taking a long time. Uh, altering the mouthpiece, I mean, you're putting it on the lathe, you're doing something, you're wet sanding. I mean, I could say, you know, $50 to $100, depending on what you're doing. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you bought it for $150 and everything, then you're going to sell it for 2 to 250 after the modifications. I don't have necessarily a problem with that because that gentleman is physically doing things to it. Yeah. I will, I will not do a Mondo for the simple fact of Mr. Jim, that's his call. I do not alter or modify any other call makers calls in my shop. So if you bring me, it, it doesn't matter. You come to my shop and you're like, Hey, this is, you know, check out my call. It doesn't sound good. Can you do something to it? My answer is outside of put you a fresh piece of cork in it uh, and possibly cut you a new reed because you've messed up that one. Um, no, no, I won't. I won't touch a tone board. I won't touch the exhaust. It's not my call. I will not do that. And that's out of respect to the industry. Yes. Then again, I, I would hope that people wouldn't do it to mine. But, hey, you know, I can't answer for everybody. Uh -huh. uh, so, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I know that the new thing nowadays, like you said, there's a lot of people cutting bolts and this and that. I think cutting an old is totally different than modifying. Well, yeah, I think calls. cutting an old's more historical because that's what people, you know, that's what duck hunters did back in the 50s, 60s. You know, they cut the old to tune, you know, everyone cut. They, well, they if cut anybody, it, it, themselves. well, let's, they cut let's be honest. If anybody's, if anybody's ever blown an original old, we all know that they do not sound good, but we're talking about duck calls from 1930. And, and they're, yeah. and they're mold, they're molded. Uh, I believe rubber. different molds. Yeah. It, yes. It's a backlight. It's a hard rubber, uh, all kinds of craziness and, and everything. Uh, they, they didn't even, I mean, you can't, I don't want to say you can't, I would never have hunted you know, an old in its original state and everything. Uh, I mean, that's, what, I mean, that's to, all those guys had back then. 
Yeah, so to be able to, to be able to take a, uh, something from the 1930s, uh, which I'm I'm cutting myself one here uh, in the shop, uh, and to be able to take it out and physically hunt it again, and you know, and it really be a good call and everything, I, I think that's awesome to be able to take that history and bring it back to the 21st century and put it back on a lanyard and be able to be out there hunting it. I think that those stories are amazing because I'm paying respect to the past, uh, yeah. and I get to hear some people like. Yeah, but people shouldn't be modifying them. I'm like, well, then you couldn't, then nobody would be hunting with an old. Yeah. I mean, you would lose that history because, well, you, you're not going to hunt with what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this all like Jim Ronquist did a very good uh, interview with a, a radio station slash podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't remember back, it was like a 2018, uh, it was in Simmons. Okay. It was a 2018 um, Simmons, Louisiana cutdown competition. And he did, you know, it was a 13 minute interview. You guys can find it on um, YouTube for listeners. And he did a real good job of talking about the history of the old, the history of, you know, yeah. Um, well, coming from, you know, South uh, Illinois, River Bottoms, the Quincy cut, all the way down to an LA cut. Down, you know, and he really, you know, he really had a good, you know, discussion about it. It wasn't necessarily disrespectful, but everyone had their own twang and tweak to it. And it was really, it was taking a duck call and making it regionally based uh, upon your region. Almost, you know, almost what the the, the goose, the short goose call industry did with the the different regions. you know, and, and it, he didn't. It was the way he brought it. Really, wasn't disrespectful. It was more of not trying to profit off of you know someone else's work, but highlighting their work and making it regional base. And you know, the way we blow duck calls out right, here in right. Louisiana differs from what they did in the, the you know, with the De Quincey cut and you know the Illinois River bottoms to you know what they're doing in. Yeah, yeah. You know the Cash River and what they're doing different in Bayou Meadows. Um, so I don't think that was think, you know necessarily per se disrespectful. Right. I, I think that there's there's a lot of heritage in cutting an old exactly. And an old. Well, well, I tell I tell people this, Joe. I'll cut your I'll cut your keyhole. But here's what I tell people: A number one, uh, yes, it's my cut. However, with the twelve different molds. And then how often did they clean them when they were sitting there molding? Some things can get messed up. Yeah. I take I take what is what is originally there from that call and I simply update it. So some of them have more hold in them and they, they they're squeakier. Some of them have none and they're just really good raspy barkers and everything. I'll put my cut on it, but at the end of the day, you were getting that original old sound of that particular insert brought to today's time. That way I pay respect to old, to the heritage, to the lineage and and things of that nature. Because I I want everybody to always understand, you know, it's an old. And I love sitting around telling everybody, I'm like, oh yeah, this car here? Like, dude, what is that? That, oh my God, listen to that sound. I'm like, that's an old. What? Oh yeah, dude, this car was molded in 1930. It's almost a hundred years old. Oh, wow. And here I am killing ducks with it. That's freaking awesome, man. That's that's a great story. 
and you can educate people on that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But as far as, I mean, as far as the, like I said, the other stuff, I don't know. I can't, I don't, I don't modify anybody's current makers calls, nor would mm-hmm. I. And that's out of respect to the call makers. Yeah. 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 I, I, I never respect that. And, he, and I just brought it up, man, because you see it nowadays. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I, I disagree or disagree or agree, disagree. You know, everyone has to make a buck on their own, man. At the end of the day, I think everyone looks in the mirror and you either feel good about yourself and you shave your beard and brush your teeth or you don't. Yeah. Um, but exactly. I hope you brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there, there, there are times when I will, and, and, and there, so most of, so a lot of the stories that get put out about call makers, like I, I've heard stories about Brett uh, Crow from Layers, and, and I just chuckle because I'm like, that's, you know, you may perceive him to be that way, but that's not how Brett is. Or yeah. I've heard stories of, you know, uh, about uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Mock, Larry is what we call him. Uh, yeah. Trevor Shanahan, Seth, yeah. Bobby Heim, John Walls, and you hear all these people, and I'm like, what is? Oh, so I heard from somebody. Yeah, well, that's gossip, and you shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's not true. That's not how that person truly is, and and everything. So I I, I try. I, I I I'm an honest person, you know. I don't want to lie to people or anything of that nature. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not that guy that wants to sit there and go look at me and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, I that's just I'm, I'm, I'm a team guy. I'm 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 next military. I'm a team guy, man. Yeah, I'd rather stand. I'd rather stand there with a group of my brothers and accomplish something and remember that for life with with all of my friends than to accomplish a task by myself. Going, you know, ooh, uh, okay. You, you don't <laughs> have anybody to celebrate with. Yeah. No. Yeah. Big difference there. Getting towards the end of this episode. And I'm a big gear guy. Hey, yeah, so so we hey, so we're getting toward the end of the episode. So, you know, before we get to the very, very end and everything, I just want to make sure that I say, let's go, Brandon. But go ahead. <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, He's an aw- just an awesome, awesome, awesome guy. I'll tell you that. All let's right. go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah. So yep. I'm going to put that in the what? show. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, what's you got it? What gear coming up this year is getting stumped ready for the season? Like, has there been any new gear that's come out where stumps like, so, man, I can't wait to get my hands on to kill some ducks this season? So, so I'm, 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 I don't, I'm not a gim, again, I'm not a gimmicky guy or anything. I, I buy gear that freaking works. Yeah, six foot tall, I weigh 180 pounds, so I'm not, I'm not a big. Big guy, I don't have a lot he's of fat being, on me. He's being generous. He's probably loving more around 150 pounds, right? No, no. I, I, hey, I go to the gym every day, baby. So just be, hey, you just remember the old man when we go hunting together again. Oh, hey, man. Okay. I, hey, I love hey, we, we, uh, go hunting. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, there's so many years I spent so long in just clothing and stuff piled on me, just trying to stay warm out there and everything. Uh, yeah. You know, so people can say whatever they want about cliche or this, that. I use safety gear for the simple fact of I wear the least amount of clothing I've ever worn in my entire life. I stay mm-hmm. warmer than I've ever been in my entire life. And every piece 
of that gear that has malfunctioned, uh, be it a zipper or this or that, uh, Sitka has sent me uh, labels, and I've sent these products back to them. They have completely repaired them as their lifetime warranty state, sent them back to me, and I've not had a problem ever since out of that, out of those gear. Now, uh, that being said, Sitka. Sitka's a yep. great, great company. I've nothing but utmost respect for them. Uh, what's your yep. favorite gear from them, though? Like, what, 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 uh, like, what's your go? What's your go? If you were to come to me, which I hope you do here, and I, 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 I tell you all the time, bud, hey, uh-huh. come down to Louisiana, hunt my pit with me. If you were to come down here, what, what would you bring? No matter if you're in here, North Carolina, you know, Kansas, yep, yep, Arkansas, yep, yep, yep. what's that gear you're bringing to hunt? Uh, so, so I'm, I'm bringing uh, a, a base layer, uh, gradient jacket, the gradient pants, and uh, a pair of sick waders. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and, dude, that's even if you and I are hunting up in 20-degree weather up in one of the Dakotas. Yeah. Uh, I'm still wearing that exact same gear. The only thing that changes is if it gets brutally cold or it's raining, I will put on my Dakota jacket. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's that's what I'm bringing down to Louisiana or if I meet you in Arkansas or wherever. I mean, I, uh, as far I mean, as – as far as shotgun, I shoot a I shoot a pointer 410 uh, semi-automatic. Uh, I've got a uh, extra full turkey choke in it, and then I turn around and I shoot a jeb, uh, right? low velocity. Huh? Is that Jeb's turkey choke? I got a, I, I got a, I got a Jeb's choke in it, <laughs> and then I shoot then I shoot a uh, Boss low velocity 410 uh, in number six. Uh, and as far as decoys, I mean. You know, I like Higdon's decoys. Uh, I like Tangle Freeze decoys. And most of the other gear that I use as far as blind bags and things of that nature, it's a combination of either Tangle Free and Rig and Rice. Yes. Rig and Rice is a North Carolina company. And, I mean, dude, they stood behind all of their gear. Uh, I'm not having any issues with their gear and their customer service. And the people are just they're super nice. Oh yeah, I love. I mean, I love Rig'em Right. Um, yeah, I always have a Rig'em Right blind bag. Yeah, their blind bags to me are the oh, yeah. Yeah. Are utmost the best. Yeah. Um, I've seen on the yeah. market. And I've used all sorts of uh, Tangle Free. A they're a um, California company from my hometown. Uh, I definitely use them. I I tend towards them to the decoys and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. But yeah, I really mean I really Rig'em Right. It, all their blind, they make so many different different blind bags that are so versatile with different hunters. I really mm-hmm. like to warn them that I really like about Rig'em Right. And I don't know if you guys, you're Rig'em Right, anyone ever listens to me. I like the fact that, you know, they have a good backpack. They have a good, um, you know, they have a setup for you if you want to hunt in a layout blind, in a pit. I mean, they just have so many versatile items that, you know, the options yours, you know, there's not, you know, they realize that there's not, you know, in duck hunting, the way, you know, I hunted in North Carolina is different than I hunted in, you know, Louisiana, which is different when me and you go to Arkansas hunt together. You know, each reason, region base, and it's the, the way you hunt's different. Um, mm-hmm. So they almost make products that suit all, like, suit the whole gamut. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And what? Like, I mean, close, close. 
so I hunt. So on my lanyard, I have one of our whistles, which is uh, the interiors are all designed by Chris Owens, who was the uh, Easton World Champion two years ago. Uh, I have a cold weather fan and a 410 on my lanyard uh, with a hand cut ult. Okay, nice, nice, nice. Yep. And do you have a lot of geese out there in North Carolina? Uh, no, no geese out here in North Carolina. Uh, well, there are some, but there's just not even enough to even target. Yeah. Uh, so, but if I'm, but if I do go goose hunting, uh, normally I'm hunting a black timber. And as yeah. far as a speckle belly call, uh, I'm I'm a riceling guy, three quarter yep. three quarter boar riceling. Yep. Well, that's uh, that's that's crazy, man. I mean. We can keep on going. This is probably like our second longest show besides the one we did with John and Val and Honor. But um, do you got any closing comments, Joe, before we wrap this up? No, I, I mean, like I said, thank you for Stump for coming on. Thank you for all of our listeners. Uh, this has been a really great year for us. Um, I didn't think yeah. that I really didn't think that Flywood Connections would take off the way it did in all six continents with the thousands of viewers and thousands of people. Um we have a, a, I really appreciate, you know, checking playerfm.com. Um, I mean, becoming the, the fourth best waterfowl um, podcast of 2021 was definitely a um, an honor. I really appreciate it. And uh, once again, hey, Stump, thanks for coming to me on the show. And hey, hopefully I'll be hunting with you, yeah, if not, not in North Carolina. If you come down here, but you know, hey, we're yep. looking. Me and Megan are looking at houses in North Carolina, so hopefully, Amen. we'll be just, hopefully, I'm, I'm gonna be hanging out with you sooner than later. Would love to have you guys here again, man. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. And I, I, I actually, will. De- we will be cheering you on in Arkansas this year. Yeah, we we uh, appreciate it, brother. Yeah, we. I actually during the show, I actually text Joe said, "We man, we got to go to North Carolina to do a hunt." Um, but uh, hopefully we hopefully I get to go over there and meet you person to person. I know we've been uh, uh, robot uh, friends uh, over the phone, but um, man, we got to we definitely got to get something going, Joe. Sounds like fun yeah. up in North Carolina. So um, it is. Yep. But uh, yeah, but like always, I want to thank Val and Honor for what they do for their other service members, first responders, and uh, their veterans. Uh, I also want to thank uh, everybody that supported us from here on, from the beginning to now. And then new supporters, uh, if you want to keep supporting us, like, subscribe, um, and share our, our material. Uh, like always, y'all have a good one, and let Valor not fail. <laughs>